Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. We've read this before, but it says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us. If you underline in your Bible, I want you to underline this this section. For the privilege, everybody say privilege, of sharing. Everybody say sharing. In this service to the saints. I want to talk to you today about the privilege of sharing. The privilege of sharing. Father God, we pray that as we look at your word, I pray that you'd speak clearly and concisely to us. I pray, God, that you would guide us, and may we have hearts that are attentive and open to you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For some reason, the Lord continues to bring me back to this portion of the scripture and the example of the Macedonian churches for us to consider. That's not a strange thing. The Lord would bring my heart to this, because these people are an exceptional group for 2,000 years. They have served as an example to countless, countless people have been inspired and have been moved by their example. In their contemporary time, the Apostle Paul thought that they stood out so much that he refers to them as he writes to the church at Corinth. What was it about them that caused them to stand out? Paul says this, they urgently pleaded with us, for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. Now, the first thing I want you to realize is they viewed service to the saints as a privilege. Please listen to me. It was not a duty. It was not an obligation. It was not a burden. They said it is a privilege. It's an honor. And they recognized it as such. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people today who don't view service to the saints as a privilege. There's something that we can learn here that will cause you and I to excel in every area of our life. We need to learn to view service as a privilege. For example, we need to thank God for the privilege that we have to work or to serve on our job. Do you know this? Not everybody has a job. There's a lot of people who don't have jobs. And we've grown up in this prestigious society of the United States. You need to travel around the world. There's a lot of hardworking people who they would do anything to have an opportunity simply to have a job. But the places that they live, there's no opportunity for work. There's no jobs. We're not guaranteed that our skill set will always be in demand. It's kind of ironic. There's certain industries that they thought would never shut down. There's certain industries in the United States or certain portions of the country where they thought my dad worked at the plant. My grandfather worked at the plant. There's always overtime. There's always extra things just keep getting better and better. It's always going to be a place for me to work. And unfortunately, those industries have shut down and those skill sets that the people had were no longer in demand. We may not always have the capacity to do our job. You know, you could have a health condition 
or an accident tomorrow that could end your career. That from tomorrow on, you would never again have the opportunity to work. Another example is your family. The kids require a lot. Certain ages, the kids require a lot of attention. Certain periods of time in their lives, it's like there's always demanding, mom, mom, mom. There may be things about your children or your spouse that, if we can be honest, get on your nerves. And don't yell amen. They may have habits that annoy you. Maybe not just one. (laughs) Habits plural. They may have two or three or four, five habits. But you know what? For all of us, one day, no matter how much you love them or they love you, one day they won't be there. And what would you give at that moment to go back and have an opportunity to serve them? What would you give just to go back and be able just to sit down on the couch and talk or to sit across at the breakfast table and to serve him his breakfast one more time? What would you give in that moment of time to be able to hear your kids' voices one more time coming down the hall? The Macedonians understood that it was an honor and privilege to share in this service to the saints. Now, one commentator wrote, that the term translated sharing in the New International Version was used technically in business documents in Paul's day for a partnership. So our second point here is this. The Macedonians viewed their service to the saints as entering into partnership with God. Let me say that one more time. The Macedonian churches viewed their service to the saints. They were receiving an offering for the poor in Jerusalem. They viewed their giving as entering into a partnership with God. They said, this is an awesome opportunity. And the Bible says that they pleaded for the chance to be involved. Paul said, Corinthians, I want you to hear about these people. These Macedonians, on their own, they were a poor people. They didn't have a lot. They had faced difficulties themselves. Paul says, on their own, they gave as much as they were able and even more, and they pleaded for the opportunity to be in partnership with God. They pleaded for that opportunity. Now, if Warren Buffett or Steve Jobs would have approached you years ago and said, I'm working on this little business venture, and I would like you to be a partner. Would you have jumped at the chance? I'm going to give you the answer, no. You would not have. Because they did, and you didn't. They did, and you didn't. Many people would have said no, because they do not have the ability to see beyond the present. For many people, what is convenient or what is comfortable for me now is what is important. I want to tell you about a decision that I made. In August of 2001, Logan was going into kindergarten, and Lori and I purchased our first minivan. Actually, our only minivan. I had a picture for you. It was a pretty cool picture. It was that white Dodge Caravan that sits in the parking lot every Sunday morning. The gas cap, it came loose, and Lori didn't tell me the plastic, the, the thing. It came loose, and she's like, oh, yeah, I should have said something to you. I was like, where's the flap for the gas thing? Oh, it kind of was loose, and I didn't say anything. It's somewhere laying along the road somewhere. So the white caravan missing, not the cap, but the gas door. 
And that's also the one that the oil leaks. You can tell wherever it parks because the oil leaks. And Lori and I felt we got a pretty good deal at the time. The van was a year old. And you know, we thought, we thought God gave us this van. Okay? The van was a year old. And it had 11,000 miles on it. We saw it was a one owner. A business had had it. And their salesman used it. And then they no longer needed that salesman. So the van was available. And they had it sitting in front of their lot. And they said, we're going to take it up to the Mannheim Auto Sales. If you don't want it, it's going up there. We think we can get 13.5 for it. And I thought, 13.5? That's a good deal. Honey, that's a good deal. Yeah, let's get that van. So we invested 13.5. And then by the time you pay taxes and tags and transfer, you got about 14.5. Okay, by the time you spend all of those things. We've run the van for 12 years with no huge problems. There's a lot of things that are kind of, it's not the greatest, but it's okay. I made a choice that day. And now for all intents and purposes, if you've run a van for 12 years and you paid thirteen five plus a thousand fourteen five, you've run it for about a thousand dollars a year as far as your investment. That's not too bad. And I was asking Lori, honey, how do you feel about? It? Well, I think we got a good deal. All right. I made a choice that day. I thought it was the right choice. I made a choice to buy a white minivan. But you see, Steve Jobs of Apple had an open invitation for people to partner with him. But listen, I never even considered Steve Jobs' invitation. It was open to whosoever will, whoever wants to partner with me. I'm looking for partners. Can I find some partners who will go into business with me? I didn't even think of his invitation. I never heard his invitation. It wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't even on my radar at all. I had more important things that I wanted. I wanted a nice van. I wanted that van. Now, on September 21st, 2001, a little less than a month later, Apple stock was selling for $14.68 per share. If instead of investing $14,500 on that white minivan, I'd scrounged up another $180 and invested $14,680 on 1,000 shares of Apple stock, the outcome would be a little different. During research for this message, I went to Kelly Blue Book website to see, to get the value of my van. And when I typed in the details and hit the enter button, a big smiley face came up and the computer laughed at me. They told me they would cost me $400 to get rid of it. No, they said the trade-in value of my van was worth about $645. Now, it's worth more than that to me because I run it till it dies. But those 1,000 shares of Apple stock that we didn't purchase, they split on February 28, 2005. And that 1,000 shares became 2,000 shares of Apple stock. 11 years later, on September 21st, 2012, Apple stock opened up at $454.57 per share. 11 years later, that initial investment was worth $909,140. Do you still think I got a good deal? 
on that van. When you see what I gave up, you wouldn't think we got such a good deal. I was convinced in my, and I said to Lori yesterday, I said, what do you think about the van? Do you think, you know, it's worth 645? Oh dear, I thought we got a good deal. I said, but honey, if we had invested, just done that same thing and invested in Apple, it would be $909,000. We got taken. We got a horrible deal. Just imagine it in your minds. Close your eyes. Look out there in the parking lot and you see the van with the gas door removed. A couple little dings and bangs here and there. If you knew then what you know now, how many of you would have found a way to get into partnership with Steve Jobs? Just if you knew now what you knew then. If I knew that a $14 a share and 11 years, that same share would be worth $909, would you have given up a month of cable? Oh, but I love cable. I love bride, the bride shows. Friday night, those bride shows, we can't, we can't miss them. I like my um, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, Duck Dynasty. Yeah, that's a good one. And who can forget Fox News? My, you can't miss that. Would you have given up a cable for a month to buy four shares? If you knew that it would turn into $909 a share. If you thought the cable bill was expensive before, at 60 bucks. When you realize it's cost you 3600 you realize how expensive it is. Ladies, that cute little sweater that you bought on sale. Does it still seem like a bargain when you realize you paid $1,818 for it? Would you have spent $1,400 on that big screen TV if you knew that in doing so, it would keep you from gaining $90,900? No, what you would do, if you're wise, is you would strategize and find a way where I can come up with another 14 bucks. We ain't going out to eat, baby. No way. You'd be packing your lunch. You'd be cutting your cell bill. You'd be selling stuff, whatever it takes to invest in Apple. Let me ask you this. What do you think about the person? Because I guarantee you, I made a choice that day. I made a choice that day because I wanted to drive at the time. What was a nice van? Wasn't extravagant. It was just a, a nice little van. What do you think about the guy who, when him and his wife sat down to buy a van, the guy who said, hon, I think we can drive a beater a couple more years. The car that we got, it's not quite as nice as it was, but it's still serving the purpose. And instead, he bought a 1,000 shares of Apple. Oh, pastor, he's just lucky. No, he's someone who recognizes value and invested in it. He was wise. You may have felt sorry for him at the time, but wouldn't you like to be in his place now? Like, you know, wow, that poor guy, you know, it seems like he has an okay job, but they never have, like, the big TV like us. They only got, like, a 32-inch. This poor guy, and I wonder what he does. I feel sorry for him. Friends, the Macedonians were wise, and they recognized true value. That's why the Bible says they urgently 
pleaded for the privilege. Listen to me. The privilege of partnering with God. Paul said they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their abilities entirely on their own. No one coerced or pressured them. They volunteered. I want you to hear this very clearly. The enemy has lied to people and he said to them that partnering with God is a burden. Serving God, it's a hassle. Look what you have to give up. Look what you got to give up. If you're going to serve God, you, I'm going to be honest with you. I know people who wanted to serve God and they had a girlfriend on the side and they can't serve God because they got the girlfriend on the side. Down the road, we're going to ask him how that's working for him. There's people who say, I want to serve God, but I got other things that are just so important. I, I want to serve God, but have all these other things that I need. He needed his girlfriend on the side, so he thought, we'll see how it works out in the end. Partnering with God, is it's not a burden. The things that God asks of us, he asks to surrender, are not too much for us to give. You see, it's an honor to serve the Lord. I'm not too busy to serve. And what he asks of me is not too high a cost. Now, Satan is going to lie to you. The world is going to say to you, you are a fool for serving the Lord. You're a fool for spending that, getting up early and spending time in prayer. You're a fool for giving up those old habits, you know, calling out with the guys. You know how great it was. You're a fool for giving that up. What's wrong with you? What I want or what I need is not more important than what God wants or requires from me. You see, what I invest in this kingdom serves huge dividends for eternity. Do you realize that this life on earth is short? One place that I looked said that the life expectancy in the U.S. is 78.7 years. Sonny, how old are you? 76. 76, 77, 78. I'm not a prophet or anything. (laughs) I'm not a prophet. I'm not saying that. But you know what? A year ago, right at this time, Sonny was in the hospital and they were saying that he was done. A year ago, this time, they were saying, you need to get ready for a funeral. And look what the Lord's done for him. Praise the Lord for that, right? Three. But if Sonny's the average man, three years. Paul, how old are you, buddy? 53. 53. 63? 73? Four, some five, some six, and seven. 25. Look at that. I got, I've got enough fingers. 25 more. 25 years has gone by pretty fast. How old's your oldest daughter, Paul? 34. 34. Wow. You remember when she was nine? It seems like yesterday, don't it? Man, it goes by quick. Dave, how old are you? 60. I thought you were like 50, Dave. 60. 18.7. How many years have you been married? Remember your 20th anniversary? No? (laughs) Elaine, do you remember it? Yes. Frank, how old are you? The calculator broke? 76. You'll be 77. 78.7. So you'll be 77. If you're average, a little two years. If you're average. Yeah, I know that you're not. You're above average. Ron, how old are you, buddy? 
Two months, 70. Wow. You got, you got 8.7. You, how, well, how old were you when you retired, Ron? 62. So it's about eight years ago, right? Does it seem that long ago when you retired? Seems kind of like yesterday. See, the average human being, life goes by super fast. I mean, it just zooms by. And on that day, whenever that day is, everything in this life that you've worked for becomes useless to you. It's of no value. None. It's kind of like the van. Still a little value yet. I can still get a little more out of it. I'll maybe get another year, maybe 13 months, 14 months out of it. We'll see. But it just keeps getting less and less value the closer it gets to the end. And you and I have the privilege. I want to say it again. Let's be close. You have the privilege of sharing, of partnering. When we talks about sharing, it's partnering with God for things that will last eternally. Looking back, it seemed like a good investment. It seemed good at the time. Right, John? It seemed like a good idea at the time. That's what one of John's favorite sayings. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It seemed like a good idea at the time to get the van. But looking back, I'm saying, ah, oh, man, I'd have been a better idea, Ron, if things are even, you know, if, if you're average. Eight more years on that day, whenever that day is. Do you think you'll be glad you invested, that you made that decision to accept Jesus right here at the elder? You better believe it. And everything that you and I can do to partner with God on that day, and it's not long. Sonny, for you, three. I'm not a prophet, but I'm just saying. If average, three years. Dave, I'm not a prophet, but if you're average, 18. On that day, do you think you will regret anything, any place that you partnered with God? Absolutely not. And you know what you'll be wishing? On that day, you'll be wishing, I could have come up with another 14 bucks. I could have got one more share. I could have had one more opportunity. So this is what I'm saying to you. Every opportunity that God gives you, that he makes available to you, partner with him. Partner with him. Partner with him in teaching those little kids in the nursery. Jen does that every Sunday school. She's partnering with God in that. Pastor Joe has made a commitment to partner with God and invest in the lives of students. And so on that day, he'll never regret He'll never regret the sacrifices that he made. He'll never regret the things that he gave up. And other people will look at you and say, Ah, Joe, you could do something else. Why why don't you be an accountant? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And what will God say? On that day, Joe will say, You know, there's guys guys who have accounting firms, and, and they had the swimming pool, and they had, you know, drove the Mercedes, and all that. But on, on the, the, the day that it comes, it's like the $645 used van that's sitting in the parking lot. Like, man, this this really isn't worth anything. But what I've done for God, no one can ever take away. They're not fools. The people who are out here on, on Friday setting up for Resurrection Roundup, they weren't fools, they were wise. Hmm? The people who are out in the in kids' church this morning, they're not fools. 
they're wise. The people who give up things of this life that are going to pass away and exchange them for things that are eternal are not fools. They are wise. And on that day that they stand before the Lord, the only thing they will regret is that you didn't do more. That's the only regret you will have. You'll say, God, I wish I could have done more. You know, I pray for Lighthouse. I pray that somehow, through the preaching of God's word, because the word of God is living and active and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Some of you who the enemy has been saying to you, why would you invest? Why would you come early on a Sunday morning and play your trombone? You could sleep in. Why would you come early on a Sunday morning and be a greeter and be here? Why would you teach that Sunday school class? Why would you help out that person? Why would you give to the capital campaign? You need a van. And you'll be stuck with a stinking van like I have. Huh? It's a blessing. I'm thankful for it. But whatever I invest for him, I just pray that God will change the way that we think. That we won't believe those lies. And that we'll do whatever we can because we are entering. If, if Steve Jobs would come here and would have said to you personally, I got this venture, I got this business thing I want you to think about. Because a lot of us would say, oh, I, mean, I can't right now. I got some other things that I need. If you could look back and see it, you'd say, I'll do whatever I can. I'll, we'll sell the good car. We'll get another junk car so that we can invest in Apple because eventually, I, you know, the thing is, the person who invested in Apple back then, you can drive whatever car you want. You can live wherever you want. You can do what you want. The same principle is true in the kingdom of God. Whatever you invest for God, whatever you do for him, you will never, no regrets. You'll never have a regret. When you stand before God, you won't have a single regret for what you've invested in his kingdom. And Paul says, there's this group of people who they get it. They see that my sacrifice the time I spend in prayer, the time I spend serving the saints, the time I spend just serving other people or giving to God's kingdom, it can never be taken away from me. So I hope that the Holy Spirit will speak to us today and let us see what a privilege. It's not a burden. If you still think that, you know, giving to the capital campaign, giving to the building of brighter futures is a burden, then, you know, that's between you and God. But I'm telling you, there's some smart people who are going to say, let me in, God. <laughs> I want to partner with you. There's some people who are going to say at ministry, Lord, let me in. I want to partner with you. Friend, you have the privilege. And I'll say this, it will not always be there. There'll come a time when you won't be able to serve. There'll come a time when you physically won't be able to teach. There'll come situations where you won't be able to do the things that you can do now. So while it's day, while you, you're not promised tomorrow that you're going to have an opportunity. Well, someday I'm going to do it. Today's your day. If God's putting things in your heart, I encourage you to invest in his kingdom. Be involved. Share in the ministry. Share. Serve other people. Wow, if there's opportunities. And you will be surprised at the things that God does in and through your life. Now, Lord Jesus, I thank you today for the privilege that we have of sharing in service to the saints. Lord, those Macedonian people, they were wise on the outside, Lord, it, it didn't seem like they were wise. It didn't seem like they were in a, a great position. But, Lord, they recognized value. And they said, God, your work in your kingdom is of great value. And so, Lord, I pray that at Lighthouse, 
Each of us, every single one of us, not one person will be foolish, but I pray that each of us will be wise and we would invest our lives into the, the service of your saints, to the work of your kingdom, that we would partner with you in the many endeavors that you're involved in, Lord, let us be a partner with you and see what God will do. Lord, we give you praise and thanks, and we ask this in Jesus' name.